We, we are in this season called Lent. This is a season uh, in preparation, anticipation of the celebration of Easter. And so from now until Easter, we are going to be going through the Gospel of Luke and all of our uh, chapels services throughout the week to take a look, closer look at the, uh, the life of Christ. And so to draw us into what it might have been like uh, during the events recorded in Scripture, on Friday specifically, we're going to show some extended clips from various movies that were made about Jesus' life to kind of get us a bit more into that experience. And so in today's clip, uh, we don't get to yet see Jesus, but we're going to encounter a rabbi who is reading from the writings of the prophet Isaiah, written some 700 years earlier, where it was prophesied that one who was to come to prepare the people from the Messiah. And as we see today, that man who was prophesied 700 years earlier is the person that we know as John the Baptist. Oh, Lord, I grow old. What have I promised to the prophets? Where are they? Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and tell her that her time of bondage has ended, that her penalty is paid, salvation is at hand be shouted from the mountaintops. Comfort ye. Comfort, God, comfort. The teaching is clear. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. Messenger before me. Messenger. And the Lord will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant, behold, is here. The time has come. The great and terrible day of the Lord is at hand. Repent and change your lives. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill laid low. The winding ways shall be straightened and the rough ways made smooth. God led you back from Babylon to serve him, but you betrayed him. Now you're warned. Flee! Flee! I am the Lord unchanging, says the Eternal, and you too have not ceased to be sons of Jacob. From the days of your forefathers you have been wayward and have not kept my laws. If you will return to me, I will return to you, says the Lord. Do not think you will be saved by your rituals, by going to the temple. It is not sacrifices the Lord demands. Bring no more vain offerings, saith the Lord. I delight not in the blood of bullocks and of lambs. The sacrifice God demands is a repentant heart. What do we do then to be saved? Change your hearts. Take the right way. The Lord saith, my ways are not your ways. Why speak as though none of us know the way to salvation? 
We know the law as well as you, and we try to obey it. We are the sons of Abraham. We have always kept the law. To those of you that deem themselves just and pious, I say that you must bring the fruits of repentance. Do not content yourself with saying, Abraham was our father, and that is enough to save us. The Lord could take any one of these stones and turn it into a son of Abraham. Pharisees, we know you. Go back to Jerusalem. Yes, go back to Jerusalem. He's right. I baptize you with water. Cleanse me, John. That you may be purified and ready for the coming of the kingdom. Open up your hearts to God. I'm just a sinner. Receive this cleansing life. Save me, save me, John. I have sinned. Have mercy on me, I repent. I am a sinner. Let this water wash away your sins. I wonder if we were to have been there, if he would just have seemed like a crazy old man out in the desert to us. The strange and smelly clothes, the unkempt hair, those wild eyes. Would we have paid attention? Or we might have paid attention, but would he have listened to what he had to say? You know, it's interesting to me that it seems as though through pages and through history, we can keep things at arm's length. We can adjust things a bit as are needed. That we can kind of sanitize everything. And so we don't have to be confronted by John's presence, being right there in front of us, saying, repent. But in those days, what was portrayed in the video, those individuals didn't have that option. So instead, they give their defensive responses. We know the law. We obey the law. We keep the law. We are sons of Abraham. Now, we probably wouldn't give those same responses. But I'm sure we would each have had our own varying responses to give. Because when it comes down to it, our natures are really quite the same. When it comes down to it, we too would want to rewrite, restructure, reframe reality in order to gain a falsified assurance to defend ourselves. You know what? It's all okay. No worries. We've got this handled. Nothing to see here. Move along. These aren't the droids you're looking for. But with that, you see the fix is in. We're actually cooking the books, falsifying the information, and forging the documents. And the thing is, we don't necessarily care if anyone else buys it. We're just trying to fool ourselves. And so just as he was preaching to those people who came out into the desert to hear him, John is preaching to us, and he is saying, stop. 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 
He speaks to each of us, and so you can feel free to insert your own name. But he says, Quentin, stop. Stop trying to show the world that you're some super Christian that's got all the answer, lives the life, walks the walk, talks the talk, done all the right things. All in order to prove to yourself, to others, and of course, to God, that you've earned that spot in heaven. Quentin, stop saying you will go to God after you've cleaned things up just a bit. Once you're able to make sure you can approach him with your best foot forward. And maybe even impress him just a little bit. Quentin, stop trying to write the rules or shape the box, draw the boundaries of what it means to be a generally good person so that it's just the right size and shape to include you in that box without having to change anything about your life. Stop disregarding God by writing Him off. Disregarding a portion of His Word by calling it outdated or out of touch. Disregarding Him as something that is so far off and in the distance that He doesn't concern Himself with the here and the now or with you. Disregarding Him by even denying very existence. John says, just stop. Because it leads nowhere. Worse yet, it leads to destruction. If we were to read in Luke chapter 3 and verse 18, it says, with many other exhortations, John preached good news to the people. And those exhortations, they don't sound like good news to me. John, with all of his might, is saying, open your hearts. Tear open your hearts. Rip open your hearts. Enough of closing yourself off and living in in denial. Repent. Literally, be turned. Be turned away from all of that mess. And it's not like being turned away from that mess and turned to nothing. But God is saying, be turned to me, in, toward me, where I wait with my forgiveness. And we may ask, can that really be it? Is it really that easy? Isn't there more? As we listen to John, we hear him speak about more, telling the people to have lives that are in keeping with repentance. But by that, he draws our attention to having lives where we see our sin. Lives that see our need for forgiveness. Lives that have received that forgiveness. That live in the freedom of the forgiveness. And he's saying, yes, let's see the fruit. Let's see the fruit that comes with that kind of change in reality where forgiveness is at work. But yes, that's really it. It's that plain, and simple. You see, the good news that John preaches is the same thing that an angel proclaimed to his father, Zechariah, in Luke chapter 1. Many will rejoice. Your son will turn many to the Lord their God, for the Lord has redeemed his people. It's the same good news that angels proclaimed to shepherds in the hillside on the night when Jesus was born when they said, 
We bring you good news of great joy, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Stop. One author years ago, reflecting on these words of John, wrote, The sins of the whole world, yours, mine, and everybody's, excluding no one, lie them on the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Sin should no longer burden, terrify, condemn, or kill us, since they are taken away, laid upon the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Repent. Be turned away from that mess and be turned to me where I wait with my forgiveness. So you are no longer wayward and wandering, but home. So you are no longer enslaved or embittered, but set free and restored to joy. See, it's sins forgiven, hearts made clean, spirits renewed. We need to remind ourselves that it all began with that prophecy from Isaiah some 700 years earlier. And what were the words that were spoken? Comfort my people. Speak tenderly to them. Proclaim to them that their sin is paid for. Shepherd is gathering his lambs and tending to his sheep. Amen. You join me in a word of prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, you despise nothing that you have made. You forgive the sins of all who are penitent. Create in us new and contrite hearts that lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, we may receive from you full pardon and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.